0: Welcome to church, whether you're here in person or online. We're happy you made it, and hopefully you enjoy what we have in store this weekend. A couple of announcements for you. On Wednesday night this week, we have OMY, One More Youth. That's for middle schoolers and high schoolers. It starts at 6.30 p.m. We're going to be playing human foosball. So that just goes to show, no matter who you are, no matter where you've been, If you can play foosball, you can eat breakfast and have a side salad with a little bit of Caesar dressing and some croutons. Some people call it croutons, but I call it croutons. This Monday night, we're starting a new women's Bible study starting at 6.30 p.m. Feel free to come on out. That's gonna be here at the church Monday night at 6.30. And as, as, as always, feel free to download the Keys Vineyard app. We've got all our announcements in there, plus the daily happenings of the church. If you've watched till the end of the announcements, I don't know how you made it, I barely made it, but I'm glad you're here, we're glad you're here, whether you're online or in person, and uh, let's
1: go!
2: Good morning, Vineyard Virtual Family. So glad to have you with us. We're getting ready to go. Worship was awesome earlier, and now you're with us, so it's going to be even better. then I'll be in the third part of the series. Are you talking to me? Looking at John chapter 2 today. And so get your Bibles, get ready. Here we go.
3: Good morning, church. Welcome to the Vineyard. It's great to see you guys. How you doing, hon? usually have some sort of conversation here, and then we just get derailed. I
4: felt like I was being a little too silly the last couple, so I was trying to shut my mouth. Well, nobody wants that. Like, Brandon got me
3: in the mood of being, like, really ridiculous. He he took all the silly, didn't he, back there? (laughs) He did a great job, our our drummer boy back there. I always feel bad for the drummers. They get stuck in this little room, poorly air-conditioned. There is some air-conditioning, though. Nice shot of uh, his back there. Anyway, let me tell you what we will be up to this morning. We start our services with communion and Chaplain Doug will be leading us in that. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. Then Pastor Georgina will come up to teach the children a Bible verse. And my dad will have our message. It's Are You Talking to Me? Part 3. So uh, that's that's the sermon title. And before we jump in, we'll pray and then we'll get started. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. For this opportunity to gather here and to fellowship with one another and to worship you. Holy Spirit, would you come now and would you fill our hearts and would you fill this place with your presence, God? We want to encounter you. We want to experience your goodness and your presence in our lives, God. We want to draw closer and closer and closer to you, Lord. And Lord, we join with the churches who are all over the world proclaiming your gospel with this collect, Lord God, give your people grace to withstand the temptations of the world, the flesh, and the evil one, and to follow you, the only wise God, with pure hearts and minds, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And Amen. And Chaplain Doug, would you please celebrate
5: communion for us? On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body, take and eat in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he took the cup. Was the last night of the Passover celebration? The cups of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated. Jesus takes the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, this is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. Gathered with his friends that evening, Jesus gives us a lasting ordinance or remembrance, which we call communion or the Lord's table or the Lord's supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake of this meal, I want you to remember me. And as his friends gathered here today, we too can partake of this meal, the bread and the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. And we want to remember and give thanks. We want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. We want to remember how he defeated death and rose again, and we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back for us soon. So here on the table are the elements of communion, the bread, the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. The table is open to all who believe. So as we worship this morning and you feel led by the Spirit, please come, partake, remember, and give thanks. Amen.
3: Amen. Thank you, Chaplain Doug. We are going to enter into our time of worship, and I would encourage us all to to sing out and to participate in this time. If you're watching online, please do the same. Sing out in your living rooms or wherever you're watching from. If we're here now, I can hear you guys join us, and it's always so encouraging when we lift these songs together. So we'll see the words pop up all over the place. You're welcome to sit, but stand if you're able. Heaven invade this place. Uh.
1: Be true, all alive with the truth, hear the sound of the wind. let the roar of heaven begin. To my drive go sing a new song, all the glory, to the God of love, all the glory, all the glory, to the God of love, all the glory, all the glory the God of...
3: and Pastor Georgina, would you please come up and teach the children a Bible verse?
1: Cool.
4: Good morning, everyone. Wow, boys, you guys are fast. Girls, so fast. Okay, so I have a very important question. So let's see who's been listening and who remembers. What is the most... Hi, Marshall. What is the most important book in the whole entire world? What is it called? Bible. Ah, oh, Good job, Cole. Good, I heard you write the Bible, right? The Bible. Oh, your mama has the Bible. Bible. So good. So the Bible is the most important book, right? Because it tells us God's story, right? God wrote this for us, right? It's his love letter to us. And today's story comes from the first book in the Bible. Do you guys remember what the first book in the Bible is named? Who said that? Christian, good job. Yes, Genesis, right? Okay, so last week we talked about how Adam and Eve were kicked out of the garden, right? Because they disobeyed the Lord. Well, guess what, guys? Sin continued to spread. Adam and Eve had two sons named Cain and Abel. And one day, Cain and Abel went to offer sacrifices to the Lord. And the Lord was pleased with Abel's right sacrifice offering but he wasn't pleased with Cain's offering and Cain became very angry and the Lord asked him why are you so upset if you do what is right I will accept your offering he told them that I know right and God was like watch out Cain sin wants to control you but you must control it God was trying to help Cain, but Cain wouldn't listen. And he met his brother out in out in a field, and he killed him. So sad, guys, right? And God knew, and God punished Cain, and told him, "You will never have a home." He said, "You cannot work the land anymore. It will not produce produce for you. It will not produce fruit for you." But God was merciful when Cain said, Lord, this is too hard. If I go anywhere, they will kill me. And God said, I will put a mark on you so no one will harm you. God loves us so much, guys. And then, guess what? Cain had a family, but his family did not love the Lord. But God blessed Adam and Eve with more kids. And they had one child. And um, he... Through his, It was Seth. His name was Seth. And through his line came Jesus, because Seth's family called out to the Lord. So that's a good ending, right? Yeah. Okay, and today's Bible verse reminds us that we have all done wrong. We have all disobeyed God. But God has a plan, right? All right. Romans 3.23 says, for everyone has sinned, right? Do you remember what sin was? It's to not obey the Lord, Right. We all fall short of God's glorious standard, but God sent Jesus to save us, okay? Very important. All right, you guys ready to say it with me? We're all going to say it nice, nice and loud, okay? Ready? Romans 3.23. Romans 3.23. Okay. For everyone, For everyone, everyone has,
1: sinned,
4: has sinned, we all, we all fall short short of God's
1: God's
4: glorious standard. Excellent job, guys. That was so good.
2: The children are getting stickers because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him.
4: That's right. All right, guys, so... We're going to pray now, so let's bow our heads. Oh, thank you. She got one, baby. She's good. Okay. All right, ready? We're going to pray. Father in heaven, we are so thankful, Lord God, that you loved us so much, Father, that you sent your own son to die for us, Lord God, so that we can be forgiven for our sins, Lord. I pray that the little ones, Lord God, would understand what it is that you did and how much... They are loved by you. In Jesus' name, amen. Excellent. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. I'll take
2: the time. Have fun. Don't run anybody down. <laughs> Welcome to the vineyard. So glad you're with us. Welcome to those of you joining us online. Hello. If you are a first-time guest or visitor, that little QR code that just popped up on the screen is for you. If you were to take your smart device, turn the camera on, and point it at that, don't take a picture of it, just point it, a little link will pop up on your phone, and that is a link to our digital connect card. And if you would follow through with that, it'll ask for your name, your phone number, and your email address, and uh, if you'll fill it out for us, what we'll do is send you over the next four, five, six weeks, a couple of emails, a couple of texts. And uh, thank you for doing that. And uh, in the back, there are some first-time visitor gifts. So if you haven't gotten one of those, uh, see guest services on the way out, they'd be happy to give you one. And uh, we're just glad you're here. Welcome, once again, to the Vineyard. Um, a couple of things. So, we, we're not going to do our big fall festival this year. We were going, we were thinking about it, but we decided we'd wait one more year for that because there's so many kids and people and germs. And so, we're going to wait. But we are going to take candy out into the neighborhood in the, um, in the big truck, in the uh, Vineyard food truck. And so, if you would like to donate to that, please bring candy. Uh, Any weekend for the next few weekends, there'll be bins back there next week. I see it all at the stores now. And remember my rule about candy. uh, It's if you buy a bag, if you open the bag and take a couple, that's fine. Uh, Bring it anyway, because a lot of people go, well, I bought you a bag, but then I ate half. Oh, we'll take a half a bag. It's all good. Or else we're just not going to get any candy because I know how that goes. So I ate that bag and I bought you another one. And then uh, it's okay. So candy's good. I think we, in the announcement, just to make sure, the women's, new women's in-person study starts next Monday, not tomorrow. And, uh, don't forget about praying for your neighbors. Uh, there's more of these little magnets out there that say we prayed for you. They're on the table on the way out. I'm just asking you to pray for the people that live right around you. And then just leave a little sign that you prayed. Not, not asking you to knock on their doors or any of those things. And there's all, how, how we, would encourage you to pray is on the app. Just read about it or on the website. But if you just walk by and pray for those people uh, in that house and just leave them a little, hey, we prayed for you, and just leave it there. Not a big deal. If you do that, that would be great. And there's um, there's more out there. We've gone through our first thousand. We're working on our second thousand. So I like that. So be praying for the neighbors and. With that in mind, what I want to do is uh, just pray together. We've been doing that for our community. So think about the people who live right around you, if you would, just for a moment. And Papa, we lift up our neighbors to you. We ask God that you would help us to love them well. And Lord, uh, give us practical ways to show them how much you love them. And we do ask God that you would bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area, and that hundreds and thousands of people would come to know you as their Lord and Savior. And we give you thanks for who you are in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, we're in a series called "Are You Talking to Me?" It's just like it's got to have a little attitude in the title, so I'm always working on that. Uh, but really, it's based on uh, a A passage in John 6 where Jesus has taught some pretty hard things and a bunch of the disciples have left, but the main group is there and Jesus looks at them and says, what about you? You're going to leave too? And they said, where would we go? You have the words of eternal life. And that's where the sort of title comes from. Jesus has the words of eternal life. And when you hear about eternal life, don't think about just something off in the distance. It's, it really means the power of life. You have the words of the power of life. Jesus came, brought the power of life, defeated the power of death, and everything has changed. And so um, he is speaking to us. And the Gospel of John, I think, is just incredible in... How uh, helpful it is and how to live out this life. We we spent last series talking about being people of hope and all that that means and the reasons for the hope we have. And in this series, what I'm hoping to do is just, okay, with that now, with that, you know, holding on to that as people of hope, how do we live as people of hope? practically in the world around us? What does that look like? Living as new creation people in in a world that's still broken and a mess, and how are we supposed to go? And so last week we were in uh, uh, the end of John 1, where he asked Jesus asked that question, what do you want? And I, we talked a lot about that question and how often he asked questions, but what a great question that is. And, you know, my suggestion was at the end of that, that the answer that we find life is, Lord, I want what you want. That's the best thing you can get going on. Just Tapping in with his will and moving forward, that's what we're looking for. This week, we're going to be in John chapter 2, another fascinating passage. And uh, Jesus says something that I just think we need to be aware of. He says, how dare you turn my father's house into a market? And what's he mean by that? And so I want to look at that together. Bad jokes real quickly here. These were quite bad. I'll have you know. I'm hoping it was the groups. Yeah. Talking about new creation, you know, I said, I love reading Isaiah, and it talks about the the trees in the fields clapping their hands and stuff. so here's I want to help you get ready. How do you introduce yourself to a tree? Shake like a leaf. I, yeah, I should get Kurt up here and do the do the tree dance. Why don't hyenas get sick? Because laughter is the best medicine. All right. This one's right on the edge, but Alice let me keep it, so I'm happy. So I read about this guy on the Internet, and he's been trying to sell dead canaries online. And I don't know much he's selling them for, but all I can tell you is they're not going cheap.
1: (laughs) Oh
6: Oh, my, oh, my. To be clear, I have absolutely no control over the jokes that he does or does not share. But it just sounds better if he says, I, Alice, let me go. Well, if she
1: reads,
2: there's been a couple where she said no, and I, it's like not, okay. And those
6: were bathroom jokes. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Boys.
2: I've got some good ones, though. Uh,
6: we know. We are. I am well aware Let's press into Papa, shall we, before we read the word? Daddy, thank you, Lord, because laughter truly is medicine. And we thank you that that comes from you. Father, I pray today that anybody doesn't know that you're a God of love, Lord, they would know today. You are always love. You are only love. Love never fails. And so, Lord, I pray that over the people that you love today and over their families, and over the generations to come. Love never fails. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? The text today is out of the Gospel of John. This is chapter 2, verses 13 through 22. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem His disciples remembered that it is written, Zeal for your house will consume me. The Jews then responded to him, What sign can you show us to prove your authority to do all this? And Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and I'll raise it again in three days. They replied, It has taken 46 years to build this temple, and you're going to raise it in three days? But the temple he had spoken of was his body. And after he was raised from the dead, his disciples recalled what he had said. Then they believed the scripture and the words that Jesus had spoken. Blessed be the word of God. You can be seated. Then
2: they believed the scripture and the words that Jesus had spoken. There's this picture again of are you talking to me? It's the, the words that, that Jesus speaks to us and how he teaches us that John has so carefully recorded for us. And, um, the Gospel of John is amazing. I told you last week it's all about creation and new creation. And when you're reading it, you'll see how amazingly he ties in the whole story together and how, in these passages, like the uh, ten verses Alex just read, but there is this, this whole story of the gospel is there in those ten verses. And if you look for it, you see, because it says, you know, the, the time of the Passover had come, and... In chapter 1, we saw that Jesus was introduced as the, the Passover Lamb. Behold the Lamb of God. And, and so there's this connection, this rich connection to Exodus, right? That's what they celebrated Passover. Passover. Uh, the people being uh, freed from slavery and bondage. And and John is making this picture that somehow Jesus is our Exodus. And then it moves quickly to temple. and And there Jesus says, tear it down and I'll build it back. And he's talking about himself as the temple. And there you see in those short verses the whole picture of, of gospel, right? It, it's all about what he's done, going to the cross, defeating death, rising again. And so this just happens over and over and over again. It's not the whole Bible, but here in particular in the gospel of John. And so I want us to dig into that today and uh, talk about what's going on. And really at the, at the heart of all this is, is Where's your focus? Last week it was, you know, answering the question, I want what you want is the answer. But this week it's like, what are we going to focus on? And I, I think that's what Jesus is really calling our attention to here with a pretty harsh statement. You've turned my, you know, father's house into a marketplace. That word house could be temple. So uh, we're going to make those connections together in just a moment. I did want to say, though, uh, yesterday we did pet blessing yesterday, Alice and I. It was so cool. And, um, I, I love to meet your pets. And, and I, and we love dogs and cats. We love them all. Um, but the, but dogs are the, you know, most interactive. And, uh, and so we had some great dogs come in yesterday that we could pray for. And I always love it when they come running in and they want to make sure first off that I'm not a vet. I'm very intuitive. I, they're like, you gonna stick something in me? And once they overcome that, um, you know they come up and and we, they, they give affection and I, I I love dogs and when Alice and I pray for dogs it 's so cool that you know, the presence of God shows up, they sense it, they almost all change while you 're praying for them they go from to all of a sudden and it 's so cool to know how you know cool God is all the time and how much he loves us and how much he loves our dogs and our pets and and how amazing that whole process is and we were here uh Friday Alice and I came up to church to do something and the dog was walking through the parking lot with its owner and uh not not alone like hey how you doing hey how you doing it's not new creation yet so um there was a person there, but but we he saw us, and when he came by, he stopped right here at the outside of this door, just out on the driveway, and he sat down, and he wouldn't move, and uh, the dog's owner, she looked at us, and she said, do you remember last year when you used to do the drive throughs through here, and you were given away, and you always had cookies for the dog's treats? The dog never forgot, and walks through the lot, and stops there all the time, like, hey, where's my treat? How cool are dogs? You know, and all your pets. And, and I think about that and how they remember and the love that they give. And we're talking a lot about new creation. And sometimes people, because, you know, one of the hardest things about having a dog, I love my dog. She's 12. One of the hardest things about dogs is that you tend to outlive them most of the time. And it's difficult, right? It's hard. And people are like, well, what happens? Listen, get this idea of new creation. That... that <laughs> When earth is renewed and restored and we have new physical bodies, I think this extends into the animals that we love and in the things that we love. And it's going to be different. But I have this thought that that the pets that we've had those intense moments of love with and shared those love with, you're going to see them there. They're going to be having the most incredible pet lives that you can imagine. And they'll probably be hanging out with their own But they'll stop, and there'll be connection. There'll be something. The way I understand it, there's going to be, and you're going to know that you had this special time together, and that it somehow will continue on. See, my whole thing is we've got to start thinking a little bit differently than we tend to think. And and I often think that we've limited God, and we've we've not allowed our holy imaginations to go the way that He wanted them to, so that we understand who he is and what life is really like, and that we, we press in and we dwell on those things with him. And, and I think then um, that will keep us from getting sort of overly fixated on temporary things that don't really matter. And that's part of what's going on in the message today, where, where Jesus has taken us, what he wants us to do. And, and so you, we've read the story that I want to talk about there. You know, these things going on, and he's overturned things in the temple. He's changed everything. The people are mad, and and Jesus says what he says. So what's going on? Well, always remember, when you read about temple in the scripture, you know why it's so important now. The temple represented the, the, the presence of God. So let's think about how we understand it, you know, in our conversations in creation and everything that happens that back in the beginning in Genesis, God created this cosmic temple and it was a place where he would dwell with us. And it was a place, a bigger picture, where heaven and earth met. It was the adjoining of heaven and earth. There was going to be an actual place where the two met. And God would be there, and we would be there. And that was the heart of God. That's what was supposed to happen. And Alice and I, were, we were discussing Genesis this week, and it was a good discussion about days of creation and what it means and different ways to look at it. And one of the ways I like to look at it is that, really, the days of creation are very much look like the stages of building a temple. And you can see all these things that happen with the last piece on on the sixth piece being that an image is placed into the temple. That's what would have happened. And we're the image of God. We bear his image. We go there. On the seventh day, he rested. Let me let me just give you something to think about. When we've often looked at that, like he rested, like God kicks back, puts his feet up, and watches football. And it's not what it means. At all, it, the, the idea is when he, when he rested on the seventh day, that's the day when he sort of inhabited all that he'd created. When he would created. When he takes full kingship and ownership, it all comes happening there on the seventh day. And so you have this picture of this amazing thing going on because the heart of God is for heaven and earth to connect and to be together. Well, then we know the fall comes along and blows that up. And there is no place, when that happens, where where that connection is taking place. That heaven and earth connection It's lost. The cosmic temple has been restricted. But God, who loves us, never gives up on us. And the next big story that comes in is Exodus. And you know the story. People are rescued and delivered. And what's the first thing that he wants to do? He says, listen, build a tabernacle because there's going to be a place where we can hang out again. There's going to be a place where heaven and earth meet on the earth. I want that. That's my heart. It's gonna be different now because of the, the mess that's going on and there in the tabernacle, the presence of God would be there, but the access was limited because it could only be a high priest uh, you know a priest and only once a year. So it was different. Well well and then remember John connects us with that in the whole idea of Jesus became the word became flesh, John one fourteen, and tabernacled among us, he pitched his tent among us. There's a picture. Well, We know, as we continue to read the story, and we've done a lot of this, 2 Samuel 7, the time comes, and David wants to build a house for God, a temple. And and God says, yeah, it's a great idea, but you're not going to do it. But your son can do it. Solomon can do it. And he talks about Jesus being the one who built the bigger house, the family. But Solomon's going to build the temple. And sure enough, Solomon does. 1 Kings 6.1, in the 480th year after the Israelites came out of uh, Egypt, in the fourth year of Solomon's reign over Israel, and just a random fact, I don't know that's around nine sixty BC. We can pinpoint the date of Solomon's reign because of an archaeological discovery that put it there for you. It's very handy. You can you can date a lot of things from this point in time in Solomon's reign. Uh in the month of Ziv, my favorite month. We don't have cool-sounding month names like Ziv. It's almost like Klingon. Okay, moving on. (laughs) Hey, that, that connected with some folks. The second month, he began to build the temple of the Lord. So he begins to build the temple because... The the tabernacle was great, but now that they've kind of set up a permanent place, they want a place, a permanent place for the Lord. And so he builds a temple. And sure enough, we know that the presence of God goes from the tabernacle to the temple. Now there's a place still on earth where heaven and earth meet. That's in the temple. Again, now when he builds a temple, there's outer courts, and then there's inner courts, and then there's an inner inner court that's surrounded by a big heavy curtain, and that's where the presence of God is, and there's only access through this heavy curtain once a year by the high priest to uh, take care of the mess of all the people once a year, and he's got to be really prepared to go in. That's what's happening, all right? And so, um, that's what, when you read about temple, you have those things going on. Now, as new creation people in Christ, what's very important that you understand is that we have access now to the literal presence of God. Something has changed because of what Jesus has done. Back in, in the time before Jesus did that, the temple was a picture of heaven and earth meeting and it, the people who went knew that. But over time, it had begun to change. The whole dynamic had begun to change. But, but Jesus comes and he begins to set things right and he does that at the cross and in the resurrection. And the writer of Hebrews begins to talk about what Jesus has accomplished for us. Now, the first covenant had regulations for worship and also an earthly sanctuary. A tabernacle was set up In its first room were the lampstand and the table with its consecrated bread. This was called the holy place. Behind the second curtain was a room called the most holy place. So we have this picture, and that happened in the temple as well. I talked about it. But Jesus does something. Something happens on the cross. So cool. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. You know that part. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook. The rocks, that curtain that separated us from the presence of God was just torn in two. That's a significant change to what they had experienced. And, and so the writer of Hebrews goes on in Hebrews ten nineteen through 25. He says, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place um, by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us, uh, didn't go. ...through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart... In full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, having our bodies washed and pure. We've been ready to go. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. Remember this amazing hope we have. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day Approaching, So the writer of Hebrews is saying something is different now because of what Jesus has done and, and our access is different in that we, we can now go right into the presence of God. And, and Jesus is sort of bringing all this together for us by asking, you know, this, with that question, that statement he makes, the question that comes up from that is, you know, where's your focus? What are you focused on? Because things were happening at the temple that shouldn't have been happening. What was going on at the temple was now the outer courts were all filled with animals and with money changers. And... Instead of people um, just coming to treasure God, which is what was supposed to happen, to love and treasure God. That's what the temple, that was the whole thing. Over time, because often they'd be traveling large distances and things were happening, rather than bringing a sacrifice... Uh, and so remember when you read in the Old Testament, sacrifices were really pretty personal things. You know, they were they were picked and, and sometimes they even spent time with a family. It was a big deal um, that had changed. And now for convenience sake, you would just go to the temple and you'd have money and you'd buy an animal that was already there. And that's why the money changers were there because you'd come in with money that they didn't take because they had a scam going where they were kicking back to the priests and they would change money for a fee and you'd take that money, you'd buy the animal and that money would be the sacrifice. And what had happened is this experience that was supposed to be about coming and hanging out with God and and realizing how amazing and awesome he was had become sort of more of a kind of a business thing. And it had lost what it was intended to have, and this had changed things, and so the, 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 the anger that Jesus expresses there is, is he's saying, look, you've, you've taken the heart of God to hang out with you, and you've turned it into something else, and it's become this, this marketplace, and I think he's, he's showing how quickly we get distracted. ...from what really matters, and it gets sort of moving in funny directions. Because hey, it sounds right. Yeah, I want to go, but it's a big deal to haul animals with me all the way there. And it's easier, it's more convenient if I can just buy them when I get there and do these things. But in in doing so, we get distracted from what really matters. And all of a sudden, it was, it was more about the hubbub of everything that was going on there... ...than it was about hanging with God. And, and so, we have to be careful... And I think this is what Jesus wants us to do, to not be so easily distracted. Anybody here ever get distracted? And and do you think how often it was about things that really didn't matter anyway? You think about how much time you've spent worrying over things that really didn't make a difference. How much time is that? <laughs> And, 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 and so we have to be careful we don't get distracted. And so, you know, the, the right Matthew says, listen, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroying where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. And again, when you read heaven and earth, don't think heaven being millions of miles away. There's an overlap. There's a connection. Think about the, that you want to, you want to have your focus on what 's going to last forever, not on what 's temporary, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also, uh, and then he goes on, and he writes this uh, matthew six thirty three but seek first his kingdom. My clickers. There we go. And his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. And when you read kingdom, remember, it's not heaven. Uh, it's not a place. It's about the rule and reign of God. Seek that first. And then everything will get taken care of. Don't get so distracted by the all these things as well that you miss the heart of the one who takes care of all those things. See, that's the whole point of what's happening here and what Jesus is warning us. Listen, don't get distracted. And then... Remember, the Apostle Paul has deepened this whole idea of temple for us. And we've talked about that, and I want to bring it up again. Beyond what the writer of Hebrews talks about, the access that we have that we go into the throne, yes, all that's true. But beyond that, if Jesus was a picture of temple, a place where heaven and earth met, which he said he was, right? John 2, tear it down, I'll put it back. He said, I'm the temple. I'm I'm what that building that you all are hanging out in and not doing it very well anymore was pointing to. I'm here, you're going to miss me too. But But fortunately, you know, we get who he is. Paul says, listen, now because of what Jesus has done, Holy Spirit dwells in you and you're the temple. Individually and corporately. You can go and read it. And so you're the place where heaven and earth meet. Don't get distracted. I I think this is one of the places that the enemy keeps us from breathing in how amazing what I just said is. Holy Spirit. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. God. Dwells in you. Not in some sort of yeah, okay, philosophical way. I mean... Actually here. In you. And, and we get so distracted that we forget. And all I want to say is, listen. I get it. I get distracted too. Things bother me or else I'd never be mad at other people driving down the road. <laughs> but there's no life in those things, right? It's a focus thing. Holy Spirit dwells in us. We're a place where heaven and earth meet. Everywhere we go, Jesus goes with us. It. It, it's so it's it's really off the the you know, it's mind-blowing. And yet we get so distracted. We don't think that way. And I just feel like what he wants us to do is don't get distracted. Don't turn my fathers out. You're now the temple. Don't turn it into a marketplace. Don't get distracted and miss the bigger picture. Don't miss the, the amazing opportunity we have to love and treasure God now and forever because we're so distracted about things that don't matter. The enemy is the one in charge of all those distractions. He's the one getting you stirred up and worked up so that you lose focus. And God's just saying, look, I'm here. I'm, I, I don't know how I could be anymore here. I'm inside you. Don't get distracted. Focus. Let's get our focus on him and on the things he's leading us to because that's not only where we find life, it's how we help other people find life too. Uh, I'm going to end it there. Alice, my love, won't you come and uh, we'll listen to the Lord and pray. Next week we'll we'll get back at it. We'll be in John 4 next week. Um, I'm skipping over John 3. You say, why are you doing it? We just did John 3 like four times, Um, but I will allude to it. So you might want to read three. It's all about Nicodemus. Very cool. But Papa, you're amazing. And we live in a in a broken world filled with distraction. And and sometimes we even get distracted on the road to do like good things. But then then they lose the heart. Of what's supposed to happen. And so, Papa, I would pray that you just help us all to really know where our treasure is. That it's with you. And that's where life is. And help us to be aware when we're getting distracted. Help us to be aware when, when little things that really don't matter are stealing life from us. So that we can find our life in you. And I I pray, Lord, there's some today that that have just, they've been distracted by situations and circumstances that are causing them anxiety and worry. And I pray that, that even now, Lord, just amazingly, you would lift that anxiety from them, that they would know that you are completely trustworthy. And that you love them and care for them and will forever and ever. And that in that, they would find life and peace. Hmm. Life and peace, Lord. Just pour it out liberally on each person here.
6: As I was praying this week, the Lord showed me a picture and somebody, when you were a kid and you were outside playing, your dad would come out on the, on the front porch and whistle for you to come home. And you knew that was your time to come home. And I felt like I saw the Lord come out on his patio and he whistled. And he wants you to know it's time to come home. And this is just so that you know how much he loves you. So that's going to resonate with someone who had that happen in their childhood.
0: Amen.
2: Amen. That's good. I like that.
7: Um, Listen, I got something in worship. I didn't get it last night or in the first service. I got it in this service. I feel like it's for someone in this room specifically. You walked in this morning and you feel like you're either broken or you're breaking. You're at that breaking point. You feel like you're either broken or you're at that breaking point, and I think it has to do with something that you've lost. Maybe it's a a lost relationship, a lost job, but as I was praying through it, I felt like it may be even someone who thinks you've lost your marbles. You know what I mean? You know that, that phrase that we have, you know, you've lost your marbles, and it was during Kim's song, Revival in the Land, Um, and, and I, I I thought about it, you know, the, the breaking, you feel like you're breaking and the Lord wants you to know you're hearing it wrong. Matter of fact, I felt like he had a big smile on his face and I felt like he told me, Billy, tell them they've heard it wrong. They're not breaking. The dawn is breaking. The dawn is breaking. So it's a new day for you. You're thinking it's ending, but it's just starting. And then that song said, everything you've lost loves returning. Okay, so I want I want you to be encouraged and and uh, and really believe in that the dawn is breaking. You're not breaking. And then there's a second thing real quick. When Steve was sharing that story about the dog and the dog comes out here and just parks and then just expects a treat. The Lord wants you to know he's so proud of you because so many of you come week by week and you just park here and you expect a treat and he's treating
6: you week by week. So, okay. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Billy.
2: I like it. Quick, bring me some dog treats. Dog treats for everyone.
6: We're going to build a thing out there so any dogs that go by, they can just press the button and get a treat. Do you hear me, Tom Dorfel, wherever you are?
2: It all starts by knowing Jesus. All this amazing journey. Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth. Jesus is Lord. If you haven't done it, do it now. Best decision you'll ever make. No reason not to make it. You're here. Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? That changes everything. Thank you church for your amazing generosity and uh, we are so grateful for your faithfulness to giving and tithing and offering all the amazing things you do. What a joy it is to partner with you. Let's sing the doxology and we'll dismiss. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May His face shine upon you. May He be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thanks for coming. We'll see you soon. Go out these doors. They'll be open for you. Have a great day, everybody. We love you guys. Thanks for watching online. We love you guys as well. Uh, Have a great Sunday, rest of the day. Enjoy it wherever you are and whatever you're doing. And we'll be back at it next week.
6: Why can't Jesus wear jewelry? Why? Because he breaks every chain. Yeah, wow. (laughs) Have a great week. Uh, Bye, everybody.